Hey everybody, welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen and today is April 28th. Today we're going to continue in Exodus 32. We didn't get very far yesterday. (laughs) There was a lot to learn in verse 1. But we've got some more verses here in chapter 32 that we need to learn from. This entire chapter is absolutely incredible. And I think the first half of it is a giant lesson to us about the dangers of rationalization. And so let's jump into Exodus 32 and take a look at what we can learn. First of all, you remember in verse one, Moses has been up on the mountain for 40 days. The people decide that they don't know where he is. And so they want Aaron to take over and to make for them some new gods. It says that Aaron asked them to take off their gold and to give them his gold. And it says that he received it, that he fashioned the gold with a graving tool and that he made a calf. And then he says, these be thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. So not only is he making them a new God, but he is assigning this golden calf the credit for the miracles that they have experienced already. Now, the interesting thing is, is that Moses is still up on the mountain. Remember, he has received this higher law from God. God has written the higher law into the stone tablets And Moses is up there with the Lord and the Lord warns him. He says that he needs to go down because the people have been corrupted or better said, it says they have corrupted themselves and that they've turned away from the Lord. Now, the interesting thing is, is as you read this, you see this back and forth between the Lord and Moses. Moses is really going to bat for his people. He's reminding the Lord of his mercy and really trying to be an advocate for the people, promising the Lord that they will repent. So let's take a look at verse 15. It says, And Moses turned and went down from the mount, and the two tablets of testimony were in his hands. The tables were written upon both sides, and on one side and on the other they were written. And the tables were the work of God, and the writing was the writing of God, graven upon the tablets. Now let's pause there really quickly because I think there's a lot of beautiful symbolism in the fact that God wrote his law into stone. God's word is set in stone quite literally here. But do we view it that way? Do we view his word as received in the scriptures or as received through prophets and apostles? Do we receive his word as written in stone? Do we receive it as from him? I fear that oftentimes we want to be a little bit like the children of Israel and rationalize the law that God has given us, justify. But there's a promise that Elder Hales once gave us that I absolutely love. He said, faithfulness in obeying the commandments and keeping our covenants will protect us from being deceived. So this faithfulness in keeping the commandments in understanding that the commandments of God are set in stone, given to us from him, not justifying our commandments, keeps us from being deceived. My friends, in the past few years, as I've been studying the second coming and the signs leading up to the second coming, oftentimes we talk about the earthquakes and the wars and the rumors of wars and the floods, and we talk about all these natural disasters. And all of those things are signs of the times. That's true. But what I've noticed, especially as you study in 
the New Testament and more specifically Joseph Smith Matthew, the crowning sign of the time, the most widespread sign of the time that's talked about there is deception of the righteous. This idea that even the elect are being deceived, that is a sign of the times. And that is a sign that we are seeing all around us now. So how do we protect ourselves from it? In Joseph Smith, Matthew 25, it teaches us that those who treasure up the word of God will not be deceived. Oftentimes when we speak of treasuring the word of God, we think about studying the word of God, but perhaps it goes farther than that. Maybe part of treasuring up the word of God is treating the word of God as if it were written in stone. Do we see God's words and God's laws as being unmovable and unchangeable? Elder Perry once said that the world changes constantly and dramatically, but God, his commandments and promised blessings do not change. They are immutable and unchanging. My friends, they are set in stone just as the law that Moses received on Mount Sinai was. So Moses begins to come down off of the mountain and he meets Joshua halfway. And Joshua, Joshua's like, I don't know what's going on down there, but there is a lot of shouting. There is noise. And in fact, he says it's noise of war coming from camp. Now let's take a look at what Moses sees when he gets down there and the reaction of Aaron. The reaction of Aaron is one of my favorite scriptures just because I think it's really funny. It says, and it came to pass as soon as he came nigh into the camp that he saw the calf and the dancing and Moses's anger waxed hot and he cast the tables out of his hands and break them beneath the mount. And Moses said unto Aaron, what did this people unto thee that thou hast brought so great a sin upon them? And Aaron said, let not the anger of my Lord wax hot. Thou knowest the people that they are set on mischief for they said unto me, Make us gods which shall go before us. For as for this Moses, the man that brought us out of the land of Egypt, we want not what is become of him. And I said unto them, Whosoever hath any gold, let him break it off. So they gave it me, and then I cast it into the fire, and there came out this calf. So Moses goes down, he sees what's happening, he gets upset, he breaks the higher law. Because the people weren't ready for it, they weren't keeping the most basic of the law that they had already been given. Again, this goes back to this idea. Here they had these 40 days to wait on the Lord. Were they using that time to prepare for something better? Or were they using that time to turn away from the Lord? And what do we do when we're asked to wait? So the people are turning away from the Lord. Moses sees that they're not prepared. They haven't used that time well. He breaks the tablets with the law on it. And then he asks Aaron, what were you thinking, man. Seriously, what were you thinking? And I love Aaron's response. First of all, he's like, you know, these people, come on, they're, they are always up to no good. Clearly, this is a them problem. But then listen to what else he says. He says, they asked for a God. I asked them for gold. I threw the gold in the fire and out popped a golden calf. I love what we can learn from Aaron's response as he tries to rationalize his decision as he tries to make his part of that seem like less, as he tries to justify away his sins. 
We already know from verse three, it says that he received all the gold, that he fashioned it with a graving tool, and then he presented them with this God. He did all of it. But when Moses calls him out on, he says, I don't know, the people gave me their gold, I threw it into a fire and out popped a calf. My friends, do we sometimes do this with our sins or with our mistakes? Do we try to rationalize them so that we don't have to repent of them? It is my testimony that God can work with a sinner with a repentant heart. In fact, he delights in working with sinners who have repentant hearts, but he cannot work with a man or a woman who through rationalization can't see their own sins. Sister Craven once taught, we can rationalize all we want, but the fact is there is not a right way to do the wrong thing. My friends, let us avoid this mindset of Aaron. Let us see God's word and God's commands as being written in stone. And when we make mistakes, because we will, mistakes are inevitable, mistakes are part of God's plan, let's avoid the rationalization that keeps us from true repentance. Because rationalization and repentance cannot coexist. In order for repentance to be repentance, we have to see sin for sin. And that's something that Aaron in this moment couldn't do. Let's let God work with our repentant heart and cast rationalization aside. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to follow us on social media, subscribe, like, comment, or share. This has been Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen.